Warning, you are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records. But I hadn't been forgotten, I Joe. I'd been married a long time ago. Saint Bango. <laughs> a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> You're beautiful. Hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star. Ah. Hello and welcome to Broken Records. This is episode 54 of the solo offshoot podcast of Riot, the alternative music podcast, which is available for you every Friday, where I, Stephen Hill, and my co-host Renfrey Deadman Renfrey. Hello. Hello. We review the best in alternative music, but that's not what this podcast is. This is where we search for the worst album ever made ever in the history of music's long and dirty past uh how are you doing Renfrey? you've just had a weekend away haven't you yeah i've just had a weekend away apologies for this going up a little bit late and, and i was just saying to you what a what a uh, refreshing weekend it has been i come back immediately to this record to listening to this album and um uh yeah <laughs> I think it's just undone well, the last four days. <laughs> well, it's funny this, isn't it? Because last week, if you listened to our episode on the album by Mr. Blobby, I said towards the end of that, come on, let's get this done. And I'll pick something far more sensible out of the hat. Now, I am never saying that ever again. I am never saying that ever again, because arguably we've managed to pick maybe the only thing in the hat fucking stupider than fucking Mr. Blobby. The question is, though, are you going to apologise to Mr. Blobby, Steve? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I can find him, and he is fucking everywhere at the moment, so <laughs> he, he appears just like... I, f- I feel like we've summoned Mr. Blobby from the depths of hell or something. This is like saying Candyman five times. Do you know what I mean? Like, we spoke about Mr. Blobby for long enough that he's he's doing club nights, he's doing panto, he popped up on a fucking T-shirt, someone found him in the car boot cell, like they found the beach towel you had yes. in the car boot cell. Yes. It's mad. It's been just Mr. Blobby has come back with a fucking vengeance in the last week. Anyway, I should say before we go any further, all albums featured on uh, this list that we have are compiled from their reputation, your suggestion, critical standing or fan reaction. Uh, this week we are doing Presents Crazy Hits by The Crazy Frog, the debut album from the CGI wanker released on the 25th of July, 2005. We'll get into that in a minute. But before we do, I shall run us down the flop 20, the 20 worst albums uh, that we have featured on this show thus far. And um, Megadeth Super Collider starts us at number 20. Last week in the top 20 for that, isn't it, Renfrey? <laughs> um, followed by Chamber Music by Cold Chamber. The Truth Is by Theory of a Dead Man. Louis XIV with Slick Dogs and Ponies. The Cosmos Rocks by Queen and Paul Rogers. United Nations of Sound by Richard Ashcroft. Mr. Blobby, the album. There he is. Uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the original soundtrack. Eog and Quig's self-titled album. Six Feet Under's Graveyard Classics Volume 2. Towers of London's Blood, Sweat and Towers. Vanilla Ice is Hard to Swallow. Cut the Crap by The Clash. Angelic to the Core by Corey Feldman. The Shags with The Philosophy of the World. 
Little Zan with Total Zanarchy, Blood on the Dance Floor's Bad Blood, Methods of Mayhem by Methods of Mayhem, The Concerto in True Minor by the True Symphonic Rockestra is number three, Double Wide by Uncle Cracker is number two, and you guessed it, still sitting atop of the pile, number one is Broken Side. I'm not a fan, but the kids like it. But enough about all of that. Let's get into Presents Crazy Hits by The Crazy Frog. As I said, the debut album from The Crazy Frog, released on the 25th of July, 2005. Now, last week, Renfrey, you had, as a little eight-year-old boy, a Mr. Blobby lunchbox, a Mr. Blobby <laughs> beach, uh, towel. beach towel, mm-hmm. a VHS video featuring yes. the foolings around of Mr. Blobby. Yeah, Blobby Vision, and 70 minutes of Blobby pure Vision. Un- unadulterated joy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we kind of argued that, well, not really argued, but we kind of, we, we posited the fact that there was a kernel of some kind of idea that is at least justified the existence of Mr. Blobby. He at least could, even if it was for a brief moment, even when I was hitting puberty and hating all this light entertainment shit, I could even, even I could go, you know, it got fucking stupid and it was mm. proper annoying. But the, the kernel of the idea of Mr. Blobby, at least there was something at one point where you could go, okay, I guess this kind of justifies a means to an end. Well, especially where it came from as well. And we, we mm. actually posited as well that, like, you know, it, it could it could have been the sort of thing that Chris Morris might have done, for example, you know, in, I mean, he would have done it in a very different way, but the original kind of concept of how Mr. Blobby came to be in the gotchas and there was house party. I mean, you, you can go back to the previous episode to hear all that. Yeah. Yeah. Probably listen to last week's episode. If you want to hear all that. Um, uh, I'm only bringing that up here though, just because I want to make it perfectly clear that there is none of that this week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there is none of that and i know i nearly went and this is this is something which i found slightly depressing i nearly went it's another week where two british people will have to reminisce about something odd and quintessentially british which only was big in britain and has been long forgotten and was a weird 15 minutes of fame but no actually mm. you dear listener wherever you're from wherever you get this podcast from wherever you're sitting here listening to this right now the chances are you yourself had a society surrounding you which also liked the crazy frog because the crazy frog wasn't a weird little british 15 minutes of fame thing that got out of hand the crazy frog was a legitimate global phenomenon yeah more or less i mean i feel more so in the uk and and uh weirdly Australia seems to have quite a big thing for and it Europe. as well. And, and well, actually, Europe. And yeah, Europe. No, actually, and yeah. Ju- and Japan. But it's just not America. Yeah. Just not America. Just not America. Yeah. But yeah. even in America, when we get to the numbers, it's fucking nuts. This, so, this um, is one of the few times that we have to bow down to the US's superiority, really, in terms of uh, common sense, I suppose. I mean, slightly, yeah, mm-hmm. I guess we kind of do. Sorry, um, US listeners. listeners <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of American stuff at the top of my charts, I have to say. Um, but, I mean, I I, I don't, I kind of came into this just going, well, yeah, I, I don't know much about this. I just remember thinking, what a fucking waste of everyone's time this is. Mm. Uh, your mm. thoughts on the crazy frog from back in the day, Renfrey, just oh, before we get into the story goodness. of him? Um, yeah, I mean... 
his uh, original name was the annoying thing, which I'm sure we will get into. And yes, that's exactly what it was. I associated Crazy Frog predominantly with ringtones. I mean, ringtones is a crazy old game. I, 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 that we'll talk about that later. I'm sure. Um, just an absolute irritant and fairly inescapable between i don't know around the mid 2000s it felt like crazy frog or the annoying thing or whatever we're calling the little blue fucker uh was fairly inescapable i would say and yeah very annoying absolutely lived up to its name really annoying so let's go back and find the genesis of this character because again it's the second week on, a, on the trot that we're doing a, a fictional character yeah. here on broken records so sorry to start. break it to some of you listeners yeah <laughs> i know yeah i mean i kind of annoyed that he's not a fictional character because if he was a real person it would mean i could go somewhere and stove his fucking head in with a brick <laughs> but i can't do that and that's the real tragedy we have to go all the way back to 1997 remfrey to sweden uh, Daniel Malmedal, a student in Sweden in 1997, found, and I don't know how he found this out, it never seems to be explained anywhere, but Daniel found that he was really good at creating the sound of a two-stroke engine, which is a sort of F1, um, I don't know much about cars, I've got to be honest, but is a sort of, is a one of those rah, 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 it's like, rah, yeah. engine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Now, now, well, it's funny you say that. Have you heard the original clip of him? Because I, I actually sourced the original. Yeah, clip you're you're thing. you're about three paragraphs. You've jumped three paragraphs. Is what you've done. I <laughs> just rock up from Cornwall and take control of the entire narrative <laughs> of this podcast, Renfrey. Um It's only because you said it was very good, and I was going to counter that, but I apologise if I've gone gone ahead. You go? So he decided he found it really funny. Him doing it. I think when you're sitting, like, who knows how he found this out and what he was doing while he was doing it. He recorded himself doing this little trick that he found himself being able to do, which which I think is is really really normal. I think that's a really normal thing to do, isn't it? We've all made a funny noise and gone. Do you know what? I'm going to record that and play it to my friends. <laughs> We've all done that, haven't we? Every normal person has done that. That doesn't seem like a really weird borderline psychotic thing to do in any way at all do you know what i've got this thing that i can do where i can kind of swallow my tongue and make a kind of clicking noise right and i did it because i was laughing so hard once and i breathed back and i sort of did it and my mate was like my god what was that noise and i was like i don't know and i can kind of go like like that's the noise it's a weird noise right it's a weird noise now i've never tried to mark send that i should i should i should send that to all my friends and we should get a big party going and i should sit with my like i'm not doing it because i actually i'm always scared i'm gonna actually swallow my tongue but i can yeah i can make this weird noise that one of my mates couple of my mates find quite funny right okay i have never ever thought to myself i'm gonna record that and i'm gonna put that on the internet no i what the fuck are you doing mate I mean, look, fucking hell, if you think I'd bullied you with the fucking with Mr. Bobby Pink Lemonade, I'd have fucking fucked this guy up if he'd started recording himself going, ring, 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 ring. I'd have beaten the sh- like, you know. Okay, well, just to try and get some sort of, I don't know, just just look at why this happened. I think the, the, the 
creation of reality tv and the creation of this whole kind of thing where like anyone can be a star i think there's a lot more um emphasis put on people filming or recording or doing things that they do which aren't interesting at all than there was in 1997 yeah yeah, no, 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 no it's, fucking doing, no. People, it's fucking weird. Were, I don't it's fucking weird. It's fucking weird. Yes, I used to make funny videos. Of that, so we used to do sketches and stuff. But just yeah. doing audio, making an audio recording of you making a funny noise. Anyway, he was interviewed. No, you're in right, it's weird. I was, try, I was trying to, I was, weird. I was no trying to, to I was trying to defend it, but you're right, I can't. It's fucking stupid. He was interviewed with, by the BBC in 2005, and he said of him and his friends sitting around listening to him make this noise, he said, we found it very, very funny. We laughed until we got tears. Renfrey, your thoughts on that sentence? Uh, English isn't his first language, I'm assuming. Well, he's Swedish. He's probably quite good at English. I mean, English. Dennis Lixon speaks better English than probably you or I do. So I don't feel like that's a, an probably, excuse in that country. I'm not giving true. him any fucking rope at all this country. <laughs> I'm not giving him any fucking rope at all. That's probably true. Um, I think... There's a lot, a lot of jokes amongst your mates, which are only funny amongst your mates, aren't there? Mm. Sometimes, you know? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, he decided, as he rightly said, Renfrey, to upload the sounds he made to the internet. Again, really normal. And they are still available for you to listen to today, which I have done. Yes. And before I get your opinion on it, Renfrey, I have to say, Daniel, if you are listening, you neither have a particular skill at doing that at all, because I'm... Of the mind that anyone from a newborn baby to someone dying on their deathbed, literally anyone, could have made those noises. And B, you also have, I'd say, if I'm being super generous, a fairly rudimentary sense of humour. Because (laughs) that is hardly the most incredible piece of humour that you'll ever hear, is it? You know, you know, Peter Cook, are you, mate? Let's be honest. (laughs) Yeah, it's, um, it's, uh. I don't know what I was expecting to hear when I found the original audio, but I was expecting something like there must have been a kernel of something impressive at some point in this whole story, considering how big this thing blew up. But no, uh, it's completely and utterly like it's not a very good impression of a two stroke motor. It's it's fine. Two stroke engine. I should say, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same thing probably. It's just it it's it it it's. It, I mean I, now, and it's very difficult to sort of uh, separate this. But now it just sounds like Crazy Frog slowed down, or or Crazy Frog down a couple of pitches because I think that's yeah. kind of what we associate with it now. Mm. But I mean, I can, can, can I can sort of vaguely hear it, but it's it's not it's not that impressive. I've heard. I've heard other people do impressions of engines. Not that they've sent to me. Not not that you know, just 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 people doing impressions of engines and stuff. There's a guy uh, who lives in my village called Darren Sayers, and he's two years below me. Right. Always say the surname. I always get a bit worried right. when you say the surname. What do you think, Darren Sayers is going to be listening to this? <laughs> well, I don't know. Darren Sayers is not listening to this podcast. Right, I can right, tell you right, that right, for right, sure. Right, right, tell the story. So Darren Sayers, right? was obsessed with cars he's a couple of years younger than me and he always used to ask me even when i was too young whether or not i could drive 
he would be like, you drive, he'd go, Stephen Hill boy, you driving yet, boy? He'd be in a co-op and he'd be like driving his cart. So he'd be like going shopping with his mum and he'd ask his mum to push the cart. He'd be like, let me push the cart, mum. And you'd see him walking down the street, like like driving. And he would drive everywhere with his hands, right, just okay. walking down the street. He was as good, I think. I think Darren Sayers literally would have been as good at doing this as a crazy frog. And I felt like Darren Sayers actually could drive a multitude of different vehicles as well. To be I'd honest. I've heard him on a bike before. I've heard him do a motorbike. I've heard him do like a big bus as well. He'd be like, and then he'd go off. Or, and he'd go off. <laughs> Fucking hell. He was, he was better than. Better than Daniel Malmedal. Are you trying to be more annoying than Crazy Frog or Daniel Malmedal? <laughs> um, I'm just, would... No, no, I'm doing a very accurate impression of Darren Sayers. <laughs> I would say all of the engine noises that Steve has just demonstrated there are, I would say, as good as the original. Yeah. I, I'd like yeah. they're, they're, they're that level. It's just like, okay, fine. <laughs> How unremarkable must your life be? To think that someone needs to hear you do that. I, I don't think you've, you've probably not got an awful lot going on in your life. I'll say that much. Yeah. I mean, the mad thing is, is that he did it anyway. So he did it and he uploaded it. And it was heard by a television researcher in Sweden who contacted Daniel and asked him to come on and recreate the sounds on a segment of a Swedish television show, which must have been a very slow week. <laughs> Must have been a really so unless it was like the word or something when they were like, look at this absolute knobhead. This is absolute look at this knobhead. Yeah. Yeah. Like, look at this. Oh, like because in the late nineties, you know, shaming people on telly was fine, wasn't it? Well, it, it was. It was a huge. It was a huge thing. There was a lot of Channel Four late night shows like Balls of Steel and shit like that. Do you remember all that crap? Yeah, public pranking. That was stuff. the two thousands as well. Was it two? Yeah, it probably was two thousand as well. Um, I mean, arguably, just to link this to Mister Blobby again, arguably started by Noel's house party. I don't know. Well, we talk about like that's life and was about candy camera that's and stuff true. like that. I think it's that's always true. been a thing, really. Mm-hmm. But certainly getting someone on and being like, you know, like ugly bloke on TFI Friday. Yes, we're just getting ugly man. Ah, oh, look, he's an ugly bloke, yeah, and then yeah. yeah, and that would be it, really. That would be the whole segment. Yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, it was it might have been that. But anyway, that clip became a mini internet sensation, probably before the days of proper kind of mainstream viral or viral, anything going viral at all, really, um, uh, where you would have to see how long you could cope with hearing the inane bubbling noises that Daniel was making. And they called it the insanity test. So that was a thing, apparently. I don't remember this, but apparently that was a thing that people used to do on the internet. Um, which was play that and see how long you could listen to him doing that before they were like, I can't fucking cope and have to and, and turn it off. And with that as a starting point, it's pretty fucking unbelievable that what we're about to talk about is something which the, the numbers that back this up are mad. This yeah. is not, oh, it was piggybacking off of a really big BBC One primetime show like Mr. Blobby, and it was a character that took on a kind of unbelievable life of its own. I mean, obviously, Daniel Malmedel, I'm slagging him off a bit, you know. Um, I'm sure, he, you know, he never thought, well, if I do this, then I'll end up with a, 
a number one album in, in eight countries. Like, I don't think he thought that. I'm absolutely certain that when he uploaded this clip to the internet, he had absolutely no idea what he was creating. And to be fair, it seems obvious that, I mean, there was definitely conflict between, you know, what happens later. So I don't think he's entirely to blame. So it basically kind of fermented around on little parts of the internet. Remember you used to get an email from someone that you'd know and you'd open it and be like, ah, try, like, look at this. Mm-hmm. That was a thing, wasn't it? That's how things yes. used to go fire you get an email from something anyway it was 2003 where a swedish animator producer playwrights an actor named eric vernquist found the the clip of uh, daniel's audio and decided again totally normal thing to do he decided he'd spend a few weeks designing a creature that would suit the look of the noises that he heard and he came up with a crazy frog. Although, as you rightly said at the start of the show, it was originally called The Annoying Thing. Sure. <laughs> Again. Um, the mind boggles. Was it just a like really slow six years in Sweden? Well, to put this in perspective, I read... So- I think I'm getting this from Wikipedia. So, you know, maybe the source isn't brilliant. But I think the Wikipedia entry said it took him six to eight weeks to animate the character. So this isn't just something he, like, did in an afternoon. This isn't, like, me piddling around with Photoshop and putting a photo of myself as a baby on Naomi Campbell's the cover of her album. <laughs> which, did, yeah, which, did, which even that took too long, <laughs> considering mm. the end result. It took me a couple of hours, because my Photoshop skills are fucking dreadful. <laughs> but, like, surely if you're doing something over that period of time, surely you think there's something in it. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe he's just... Well, funny you say that, Renfrey, mm. because he I animated it and put the animation up online alongside Daniel's, uh, Malmedale's voice. And this is where shit gets even weirder. Wernquist was interviewed about why he did that. And he has said, I just had fun doing it. I wanted to invent a funny thing. Well... Better luck next time, eh? Um, <laughs> Renfrey, again, O Icarus, why doth thou fly so close to the sun? <laughs> Am I the only person who's like, how was this, knowing what we're about to talk about, how has this fucking happened? How has this fucking happened? A guy just one day goes, me, 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 and then goes, huh, oh, people should hear that, shouldn't they? That'll make everyone laugh. I just put it on the internet and forget about it. And someone hears it and go, huh, I should do an animation of that. That'd be funny, wouldn't it? And then does it. Eight million records later. What the fuck? <laughs> Two people who don't even seem that bothered <laughs> with either segment of the creation of this. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's fucking mad. So that video with Daniel's audio and the annoying thing animation was put up uh, by Eric Vernquist on the internet. It reached Daniel Malmedel and he contacted Vernquist to go, uh, I think that's my voice that you're using there, mate. Mm. Now, I like to think that maybe there's an alternate universe where these two men get into an argument with each other about copyright and blah, 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 blah. And Malmedel makes Vernquist take the video down and we just fucking carry on with our lives. I'm not going to lie. I like the sound of that universe and I wish I lived in that universe myself. But that is not what happened. Um, The two men got on and they were like, ha, we should do this more. 
and made a couple of other little clips. And it was basically, like I said at the start, it's kind of one of the first ever memes, like one of the first ever sort of viral sensations. And that early era of internet stuff is seems really quaint these days when you see shit that people can do on the internet now. I mean, you think it's like something like Charlie bit my finger. Yeah. You know, it's just a kid like getting his finger bitten mm. and that became like this massive thing. I just don't think that would just doesn't fly now, does it? just doesn't fly and i think there's so many of them now like and and they're moved on from so quickly like it's it there's been so many programs that have been uh, anyone anyone can make a gift now you know it's it's a piece of piss like to do that um so if you have an idea you can make a gift and the, the, there's just there's just so many of them that very few of them slash probably none of them get the same traction that they did back in this time and this is what happens when essentially a meme gets traction. It gets three albums and counting <laughs> and video games and merchandising and all sorts of things, which all of which we'll go into. But this is what happens when you take something way too far. Yeah. And this is, again, also a period that the new form of media, like now... You see people on YouTube and TikTok making millions and millions of dollars every year. Influencers on Instagram. You, you don't need the machine anymore. You don't need the old media, really, to make a career. Hmm. I guess we're sort of proof of that. Doing this in a little way, aren't we? I mean, mm -hmm. not to the same extent that, you know, we're not PewDiePie or no. whoever that is. Um, but, um, but, you know, we just decided we're going to do a thing and we can do it. But back then, this new form of media and the established classic way of you know, making things popular, we're sort of still trying to figure each other out. And so obviously the established form of media is going to want to try and make some money out of this thing that people are gravitating towards. Yeah. Um, and this is where a telecommunications company called Jamba come in. Uh, they bought the rights to the character and both of the men who accidentally created the character were compensated and this is where Jamba renamed the character the Crazy Frog, which actually really pissed uh vermquist off he says if i'd have known this was going to be such a big thing i would not have allowed them to use that stupid name it has nothing to do with the character it's not a frog and it's not particularly crazy either i mean all right mate who fucking cares you did a drawing <laughs> of some piece of shit and you got a load of money for it fucking chill the fuck out you're not a credible artist you're a frog's cock mate you're not jackson pollock do you know what i mean sounds like sounds like Sounds like the director's cut a Blade Runner. So like him just sit down with Ridley Scott and go, yeah, it's annoying, isn't it, when they muck around with your art that you made, isn't it, mate? Ridley Scott, who the fuck are you? The crazy fuck? Fuck off. Yeah. Like the, no, shut up, take your money and fuck off. <laughs> the fucking chutzpah of this person to kind of, to feel like he should have, should be righteously indignant about anything in this situation when he's been given probably a large sum of money for doodling around on a piece of software uh, inspired a by months. a bit of a bit of audio that he stole himself <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> cheeky cunt the crazy absolute. frog cheeky cunt it should have been called it should be your face on it <laughs> should have been cheeky cunt yeah maybe we can ass. make a mascot called cheeky cunt <laughs> probably good <laughs> Anyway, um, I, in fact, they, I'm going to doodle it whilst whilst you're uh, okay. Let's see if it's you're as doing good this. As a crazy frog. <laughs> yeah. So, um, obviously, the two men had no idea 
what the crazy frog was going to be. They didn't know what it was going to, to that, what the, that Jamba were going to do with that. Um, they had no idea what kind of music the crazy frog was going to make. Uh, in fact, um, Vernquist again has said, my thought at the time was that whatever this is going to be, this is obviously a commercial project and whatever kind of music they choose to run with isn't going to be my kind of music anyway. Like, mate, again, you're not Ian Mackay. <laughs> <laughs> like, why does this guy think? Why do you, no, no, good. I'm glad. No, good. I'm glad they bought me out for probably a, a, a 2% of, of what it went on to gross in a year. Like, I, 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 I stayed true to the roots of the character. No, mate, you're a fucking joker. You do a bit of you. It's unbelievable, this guy. He's yeah. unbelievable. I mean, Daniel Malmquist doesn't appear to give a fuck. No. Daniel Mamadal, sorry. Um, but Vermquist is like, <laughs> just really bitter that he sold a doodle for probably quite a lot of money. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And he's annoyed at the, he's, well, no, it's not the money. I'm annoyed at the artistic direction in which it's been taken, which is <laughs> an affront to the my original initial plan of oh come on mate you're a prick <laughs> so anyway um <clears throat> during this time jambi had acquired a company called ringtone europe and started to market the character complete with actual cock and balls still run free tiny little cock and balls on televisions around the world where you could buy ringtones of the fucking maddeningly annoying prick that he was and good lord did people do that buses bars street corners any kind of queue you're in, I remember groups of young people, horrible, stupid, ignorant young people in 2005, the sort of people who liked Ray, who were buying Razor Light and watching the Friday Night Project and having crazy frog ringtones, constantly playing this fucking thing mm. on their phone. It was fucking everywhere. Yes. Your memories of that period? Um, Kind of in disbelief that anyone would pay so much money for any kind of ringtone really you have to recall like at the time we're talking sort of 2004 5 2004 2005 yeah so this is like the we're a little bit beyond the Nokia 3310 era, but we're not really quite in smartphones yet. So these, you know, they're not like very good recordings in a lot of ways. And what would a ringtone be? Like sometimes it'd be like 199 or One, 299. 150, something like that. Yeah, yeah. 150. Like, you, and just for, I mean, nowadays you get a selection of, what, 50, 100, however many ringtones that you want to choose from. You can even probably download ringtones for free, you know. But ringtones you can choose music on your phone to be a fucking ringtone. Exactly. I remember, yeah. I remember being able to have the new black by every time I die as my ringtone, and just being like, "Oh god, it's amazing." Yeah, which was hugely annoying to most people. But yeah, like, I did it. It's less annoying than this. I did it with a system song once and got really excited that I could do that. But you know, like <laughs> this is this is this is what life was like fifteen years ago. Um, but. I mean, yeah. Rubbish. It, it was rubbish. It was rubbish. rubbish. <laughs> yeah. It just goes to show that you cannot trust the general public because if you if you leave them to their own devices, not only do they end up creating something like Crazy Frog, but they end up making it a fucking sensation. And this is why the world's gone to shit. And people might think I'm being flippant, but I'm actually not. Like, this, this has just... The entire Crazy Frog debacle 
has just completely ruined any trust I had or any hope I had for the human race. And and I, and I've just come back from holiday. I should be relaxed and chilled out. I'm I'm in a fucking foul mood just because we started talking about this, and and because the general public fell for it like a bunch mm. of fucking ignoramus idiots. Fuck it would them. be you'd be watching anything on telly, anything on telly. The adverts would come on. Picture this guy. And then it would be a load of things of crazy frog does it, da, da, da. and then of course, and I just thought, what is this? I remember the first time I saw it. I remember being like, what is this? What yeah. is this an advert for? I don't even know what this is an advert for. Yeah, exactly. Ringtones. So what's what's this got to do with ringtones? Mm. And and then I was like, oh yeah, I started hearing it. Oh, I see. Oh, I see what it is. You can get that noise when your phone rings why would why would why at least mr blobby fell over is all i will say at least he fell over yeah um fell over with style let's not forget he did um and on the 17th of may 2005 the inevitable happened renfrey the crazy frog released his debut single um axel f axel f from beverly hills cop the uh harold faltermeyer song Mm mm-hmm from 1984's Beverly Hills Cop, which I have to say is a great song. Great little piece of soundtrack from 80s soundtrack. It's very... It's a great song. It's not a great song. It's a, it's I was, a good little bit of... Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you to justify that. <laughs> it's, no. it, it's, it's certainly very... Like, it's instantaneous. Um, it immediately makes you think of Beverly Hills Cop if you have that association with it. Uh, it kind of sums up that character because it's Axel F as in... That's uh, uh, Eddie Murphy's character in Beverly Hills Cop, isn't it? It's really it's a long time since I've seen Beverly Hills Cop, but I believe that's correct. Um, um, and yeah, it has that big synthy eighties sound thing as as a as a theme, if you will. I don't think I'd go as far as saying it's a great song, but as a theme, no. it's actually a very good theme. Yes, yeah, and it's really eighties, and it really suits the, the style of of, uh, of Beverly Hills Cop. Um, and essentially, the cover that we get from the Crazy Frog um, uh, was produced by Mattis Wagner and Andreas Domeyer, two members of the Offcast Project, and Henning Reith and Reinhard DJ Voodoo Wraith, who were members of the German dance production team Bass Bumpers. I don't know either of them, but it's fair to say, probably some sort of god awful euro dance thing <laughs> i would imagine uh it was later surprise surprise marketed as a ringtone the vocal that you hear on axel f by the crazy frog is the 1997 daniel malmedal original voice which i think is just just mad fucking mad that they're still using the same fucking thing they've just like you say pitched it differently changed it around yeah i was about to say it, it is it is the same thing but but they've they've pitch shifted it up a bit i think and it might be sped up a bit i can't really i well i i would be able to tell if i could be bothered to listen to it again but i fucking can't so i'm not no. going to uh the video is cheap as fuck it is a crap cgi of the frog being pursued by a bounty hunter yep. who's trying to get him for being the most annoying thing in the world mm-hmm. so a little bit of at least a tiny little bit of and knowing 
nudge and wink to like, hey, look, we know this is really annoying. But the fact that you know it's annoying and you're choosing to still, I think that almost makes it worse, weirdly. Like, ah, ha, ha, we've created something which is really awful. Yeah. And we yeah. know it's awful, but you're too fucking thick to not realise it's awful. But we'll get into the music. Um, I want to just talk numbers. <laughs> we've, um, well, I've just, we've created something which is completely and utterly devoid of any artistic merit whatsoever. And we are not only... Uh, accepting that but we're laughing about it and taking your money at the same time Mm -hmm. it went to number one in the uk singles chart stopping the return of coldplay who were were massive and are massive but coldplay their comeback single was being outsold four to one by the crazy frog four to one me they kept you two and coldplay off the top of the charts outselling them four to one or outselling Coldplay who are number two at four to one it went to number one in Australia Belgium Denmark France Hungary Ireland New Zealand Norway Spain and Switzerland it reached number 50 in the US Billboard Top 200 still pretty hard to crack America lads although I say that it did go gold in the US and sold 500,000 copies that single in America which isn't loads but now for the real weird shit it went platinum in the uk if you thought i was just dumbstruck at six hundred thousand copies of mr blobby in the uk (laughs) it sold six hundred and ninety four thousand copies in the united kingdom in 2005 yes yes when people supposedly didn't buy music (laughs) six hundred and ninety four thousand copies of this 94,000 people who didn't buy Mr. Blobby went, you know what? I really should have, I really regret not buying Mr. Blobby when it came out. <laughs> I'm not going to let this opportunity pass me by again. I'm heading out to, to, to fucking fop or, <laughs> or, um, HMV. Or, or, HMV. Zavi. What, what, what? Zavi, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been yeah. Zavi. I mean, I'm heading out to Zavi to buy a copy of the crazy frog single. Uh, unbelievable the mind boggles doesn't it like and less than two months later the seven seven bombings happened coincidence (laughs) i like to think not these are the sorts of people who say oh i like all kinds of music me i like uh, yeah i like rock i like i like electronic music i like a bit of reggae they don't even say that they don't even say that i like everything is what they would say and you go what do you mean by everything and they go girls allowed and will young (laughs) and they go that's every type of music isn't it yeah and you go no it isn't yeah it is girls allowed a pop and will young's like ballads (laughs) and that's the two types of music that's every type of music pop music and ballads i like dance music as well what like uh underworld no 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 like uh call me by eric pritz <laughs> right fucking never speak to me anyway you want to see you, you think it got that's weird Six hundred ninety-four thousand copies in the uk it went diamond in france diamond it sold one million two hundred and ninety-four thousand plus copies in france diamond over one and a quarter million people in France bought this single. Wow. Two times platinum in Australia, 140,000 copies. Two times platinum in Belgium, 
100,000 copies. Two times platinum in New Zealand, 20,000 copies. Platinum in Sweden and Switzerland, 20 and 40,000 copies respectively. It was the single biggest selling single of 2005 in Australia, Belgium and New Zealand. It was the second biggest selling single of that year in France, Spain and Switzerland. And depressingly, it was the third biggest selling single of the year in the United Kingdom. Do you know what one and two were out of interest? Yes, I do. Tony Christie featuring Peter Kay had the best selling single of the year with Is This The Way To Amarillo? Oh God, you're right. <laughs> selling 1.1 million copies. Was that not a charity single though? I, it I, was I, will, a I will only accept, I will only, yeah, fine, okay. I, I mean, I'd okay. still, oh my God, but it was a charity single, so fine. Well, I'll be interested to see what you think, of, what your excuse is for this one. Second biggest selling single of 2005 in the UK was That's My Goal by Shane Ward, which came <laughs> in second place, <laughs> selling 874,000 copies. Then Axel F. Then You're Beautiful by James Blunt. Oh my God. Then Don't You by the Pussycat Dolls. Uh, that's the top five. And then um, the rest was McFly, Akon, Madonna, Westlife and the Sugar Babes. Isn't it interesting that the only one of those songs that really feels like it's continued to permeate, like I still hear Don't You by Pussycat Dolls um, being played sometimes. But, yeah. you know, have any of those other songs like stayed around, do you think? Um, I can't imagine that many have really i mean um it's almost like popular culture is a load of bullshit isn't it (laughs) well certainly in the in the noughties i mean the top three definitely not definitely not the top three um it depends what it depends what um i'm trying to see what fucking uh what sugar babe song it is 2005 Push the button or ugly? It would be push the button then, presumably. Must have been push song. the button. That's a good song. Is it a good song, push the button? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm not going to argue into that. No, no, I wouldn't if I were you. There's only <laughs> <laughs> and Madonna, I imagine, was hung up, which is pretty good as well. It's got the ABBA sample on it. Um, big hit. Big hit. Every little thing that I say I do. Yeah, okay, yeah. Not the worst. It's not the worst, but do you still hear them now? I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean. No, well, it's like I say, it's in a, in a, a tr- like, although there was some great music made in that kind of, it's really like, I'd say 2003 to about 2009 is, for me, probably the worst period in the history of popular music. Yeah, there's I definitely, I, I feel like this whole enterprise of broken records is beginning to. Just point that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Awful. Um, Obviously, there was an old guff that was announced alongside the Crazy Frog, like a couple of PlayStation 2 games, which we'll get into uh, a minute as well. Beach towels, lunchboxes. (laughs) Yeah, uh, all that shit. But of course, we were going to get a whole album of this shite, which is exactly what we did get. Let's have a little look at some of the reviews of this record. Um, There aren't many from any of the big publications who kind of gave it a fairly wide berth, but I've found a few of um 
it's some of the smaller websites that were sort of springing up around the time. Music OMH is one, and it said, Crazy Frog is a phenomenon. To be able to afford the ridiculous amounts of TV time it gets, millions must be buying the ringtones, videos, and wallpapers. He even kept Coldplay off the number one spot, but just who is paying for this garbage? They should be tracked down and listed under the Mental Health Act. The Crazy Frog is also a textbook example of the law of unintended consequences. When the Romans created a network of roads, I doubt they envisaged pollution and congestion charging. Just like I doubt the Crazy Frog's creator, Eric Vernquist, saw his character becoming big enough to release an album which isn't worth the plastic CD cover that it lives in. Uh, Sputnik Music gave the album 0.5 out of 5, saying Crazy Frog is the epitome of everything that is wrong in music today. Created purely for financial gain by ruthless, by ruthless ringtone company, this strange mix of cheesy dance euphoria and disastrous Europop is made even worth, worse by the eponymous star of the show. Hopping in and out at random intervals, the frog's trademark noise is usually too overbearing, making the actual music on offer even harder to swallow. Whilst all of this is true, the music is, in the broadcast sense, fun crazy frog presents crazy hits is perfectly inoffensive and a good album to 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 get for kids under the age of 10 whether it's the bass heavy dance tracks or the ambience infused euro pop children will love the directness of the music and will not realize how truly annoying the host is all in all unless you're under the age of 10 or have suffered a frontal lobotomy in the past i advise you steer clear of this album that was pitchfork was it yeah um (laughs) better than lateralis um (laughs) it has a score of two out of five on all music um gee, two out of five jesus they I said, mean, oh, that is, it's so generous it's so is. generous two out of five ultimately and unsurprisingly crazy frog presents crazy hits is basically a collected a collection of extended ringtones there isn't much gray area when it comes to pop culture phenomena like this you'll think crazy frog is another sign of civilization's decline or you'll find it sheer ridiculous oddly endearing either way the album lives up to crazy frog's original name it is quintessentially annoying and somehow fascinating because of it those are the only reviews that i could find from sort of proper publications and stuff but renfrey i thought because this is so similar in many ways to last week's entry mr blobby and because we had such fun last week didn't we looking at the amazon reviews of mr blobby and how brilliantly creative they were um i thought i might have a look for some similarly like-minded hilarious individuals creative individuals in the review section for the crazy frog after all there are 39 five-star reviews for this album on amazon.co.uk so they all must be hilarious right well let's see about that in november 2018 mark webb said good Good if you like that sound. I do. (sighs) In July in July 2017, Shazza said five stars. Hubby loves it. Uh, In December 2015, Chels with a Z Chels said five stars and then said in all capitals, is what it is. Was is spell I-Z. (laughs) (laughs) In January 2014, Angelica N said, Crazy Frog CD. This Crazy Frog CD is perfect for people with serious humour. This is not music for normal music lover. It for people who love weird, boing and wee sounds. Perfect for me, but acquired taste. 
you should acquire some taste. Um, And finally, in December 2011, Mr. J.D. Sparrow said in a review headlined, I know I'm nuts. My niece, who was in the UK over from the USA, was interested in my unusual record collection. Most of the them people love to hate, but secretly buy as they would never get so high in the charts. She asked if she could have a copy of the Crazy Frog album. Amazon had just the one I needed and was also based in the USA, which made it very useful for postage. The package arrived a day early and my niece was very happy with her gift. As to the album, well, as you know, it's one you'll either like it or just hate, just like Marmite. Now, Renfrey, I don't want to be a snob, but <laughs> these people are thick, aren't they? <laughs> They're thick idiots. Thick. They They're are thick fucking idiots. thick. Uh, no offence if that's a member of your family or a friend or something, but they're thick. They're simple, thick idiots, aren't they? They're either thick or they're hairdressers (laughs) or they're both. (laughs) I mean, fucking hell. Nothing wrong with being a hairdresser. (laughs) I'm sorry. I know plenty of... I I mean, oh my... I know plenty of hairdressers. God. (laughs) Right. I mean... Ah. I mean, I don't know what to say. Like, you, there's no way that you're going to come out of this. Like, we've we've been accused of being pretentious snob pricks before, right? And usually, I'm like, well, we're not really. Like, we we're not. But then, on something like this, I think you just look at it and you go, if you're a grown human being, and you are writing that re- any of those reviews, mm. I shudder to think how your mind operates do you know what i mean i don't know what you seem to have like i don't want to be a cunt because i'm sure they might be really lovely kind beautiful people but fuck me like they're just the the i i feel fucking i feel sorry for these people i know again sounds really pretentious so i'm patronizing but i feel really fucking sorry for, for like if that's what you're giving that five it is what it is. You're giving it like, what kind of life is that for anyone? Of all the things in the world, the many beautiful, inspiring, wondrous things that have been created throughout humanity's existence on this planet. Perfect, if you like that sort of sound. <laughs> I do. Five. <laughs> the best thing. Perfect. Five out of five. The best thing. My husband likes it. It must be the best thing in the world. What? This is what it is. Five. <laughs> this isn't. This is for people who like weird sounds going boing and wee. Ergo, it is a perfect piece of art that has been created and formulated in in that style. Why? Why is your life like this? Yeah, I. You know, I thought this was going to be a lot more fun, but I. I'm just despairing for humanity, really. Whilst doing this, it's just it's. I, it's, I, I find it all yeah. incredibly depressing. It's really. It depressing. is. It, it's so much more depressing than Mr. Blobby. We haven't even yeah. got into the album yet. No, it is. It is depressing. It's really it is. depressing. Yeah. Um, as of 2015, it was number six on Rate Your Music's list of the worst albums ever made. It reached number five on the UK album charts and has sold 100,000 copies in the UK. Mm. It also 
amazingly, Renfrey, it reached number 19 on the US Billboard chart. It went to number one in Finland, Poland and New Zealand. Number two in Austria, Belgium, Denmark and Portugal. And it went top 10 in Canada, Italy, France, Germany, Sweden and Switzerland. It's actually gone twice platinum in Canada and Portugal, three times platinum in New Zealand and platinum in Sweden. Now, I feel bad for being British and us selling 100,000 copies of the fucking album. If you're from any of those countries, that's embarrassing. Platinum. Mm. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Three times platinum in New Zealand? Yeah. What are you thought, fucking thinking? What's that about? It's mad. What's really depressing, I'm sorry if I'm skipping forward here, but all of these numbers that you were giving out there, I thought, that's interesting, but, you know, that's all from a long time ago. I wonder what it's like now. And I've just looked at the monthly lessons on Spotify. On Spotify alone... 1,262,970 monthly listens on Spotify. Still. Yeah. Well, we'll get into the, the current. Uh, yeah, the current In a minute. But, but anyway, that is broadly the context around the record. Renfrey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do be brief. Um, <laughs> what do you think? Of Presents Crazy Hits by the Crazy Frog. Uh, it's fucking horrendous. It's awful. It's um, So it's a bunch of, yes, essentially Eurodance numbers or Eurodance-esque things um, with this Crazy Frog sound put over the top of it. And there isn't an awful lot more to it than that except it's 48 minutes long um it takes a bunch of songs that you will be familiar with such as axel f as we've already mentioned popcorn popcorn used to be a favorite of mine um when i was a youngster when i was a wee nipper i used to love when i was in infant school uh when it was our birthday we used to get to go into the hall and we used to get to choose to listen to a song that we wanted to hear and popcorn was a favorite in my class we listened to it again for those who are unfamiliar it's the relatively irritating as it is but we liked it as a as kids and um yeah it's just that but with the crazy frog all over it uh we like to party Womp, there it is as if that song wasn't annoying enough as it is pump up the jam you know um i like to move it who let the frog out yeah, there's a lot of shitty like puns like that it's just it's it, it it is the end of humanity as far as any kind of cultural integrity or anything like that goes it is it is the absolute epitome of shite yeah, it's hard to argue any of that, to be perfectly honest. Um, the in- the intro comes in like some bad metal album as well, doesn't it? The opening song is like, doom, like, you know, you get sort of minute long intros yeah. in sort of metalcore albums. And yeah. it's just like some sort of synthy bit. And then suddenly it just goes, bala, 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 bing, bing, bong, bong, bong. And I was like, I'm out after less than a minute. I'm out. I'm fucking out after I I've, I've not just gone. Oh, I can't handle this like uh, so quickly. And I listened to the whole thing all the way through. Uh, yeah. The intro was interesting though, because 
I thought that so it's very big and bombastic and grand the the beginning the intro um and i think that the joke and the joke is very much in inverted commas there the joke is it has this grandness to it it's this pomposity and then it's sort of undercut with their stuff i think that i think i believe that is the joke but that is that yeah, i think it is that yeah. same joke is told is just done again and again and again and again it's the equivalent of a stand-up going on and saying the same joke, which wasn't particularly funny in the first place, over and over and over again for their entire set for f- 48 minutes and going, well, that's my new Edinburgh show. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's terrible. Mm. It's it's really, really bad. At first, I thought it was quite interesting because the production on the first track is, you know, relatively good. I thought, OK, maybe we don't have an Yoggin Quig situation here where it was clearly a rush job and it was just awful but actually that is probably the best thing on the entire record that intro it just gets worse from there because yeah everything else most of it just sounds it's all stuff that could be put together around 2004 2005 even then like cubase or whatever programs they were using would have been you just need a synthesizer and fucking Cubase to put this stuff together and a little bit of know-how. Like, it's 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 not difficult. I saw some chump on YouTube saying, there's real talent behind this record. I fucking hope they are being ironic because, Jesus Christ, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's not. I mean, they've, they've taken a 20-year-old song in Axel F and they've genuinely managed to mangle it, even if you take the crazy frog away. Yeah, You've mangled it into something which even two unlimited would go that's a bit too cheap. Yes, uh, an arrangement really, isn't it? For yes. that, it's rubbish. And then you also get him going bing bing at the, in the middle of it, awful. And that ended, and I thought, well, that's over. Surely that's the most annoying one out of the way. Seconds later, the sound of synthesized Euro dance doing popcorn. And again, you mentioned popcorn. Popcorn is an incredibly. Um, I can't say I love popcorn, but the original um, Gershon Kingsley version of popcorn from 1969. Yeah. 1968, It's one of the first examples of kind of electronic. I watched a documentary about synthesized music a couple of months ago and they brought that up as, you know, one of the first kind of, you know, 60s synthesizer hits. I was about to say. Very, very influential. In terms of synthesizer music, let's just say, which is an incredibly broad term, but in in terms of synthesized music, it is incredibly... Uh, it's incredibly important and Mm. you know i i don't know if i could go so far as to say it's a great song but it nostalgically it does a lot for me because you know we were all so keen on it as kids in infant school and stuff like that i you know i wouldn't i wouldn't ever go oh popcorn is a rubbish song or anything like that i don't think it's an amazing Mm. song either but it's very important in modern musical history absolutely it's it's incredibly it's incredibly influential and this euro fucking synthesized euro dance remix version of it just put my teeth on edge straight off my teeth started you know when you you eat like way too many sweets and you're like ah my teeth revolting that is how it's that's my... every day for me eating too many sweets. yes, yes that's fine know, yeah. um and mercifully i was like well the crazy frog hasn't come in immediately but when he does mm. he sounds like the fucking offspring of jonathan davis and simple jack from tropic thunder <laughs> sucking on a fucking helium balloon <laughs> like it is surely the most annoying thing that has ever happened. I was like, God, this is bad. And he just, I mean, like popcorn, yeah, it's not a great 
great song per se. It's an important piece of music. The original, a shit Eurodance remix of it. You don't need that. That's right. fucking shit right. to bring in like over the top of it. Fuck off, rubbish. Whoop, there it is. You've already said it. Is that a good song anyway? No. Not really. No. Well, no, not it's not. Really. It's not a good song, it's not is a good it? Song. And it's this. And this is exactly the same, but the one thing about Wump there is, is the, the rap bit is all right. Mm. And it's, they take that out and he goes, ring, ding, boo, 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 instead. Yeah. And they stick a, they stick a fucking, a fucking whoop, whoop. You know that yeah. anyone who goes, ooh, ooh, yeah. is a fucking like, you're, I tell you're you what, <laughs> I, you, I, yeah. I, if, if ever I become prime minister, anyone caught going, whoop, whoop, whoop you get the death penalty. <laughs> Is being brought back for any if any if, if ever heard in public straight to the fucking Tower of London with you. I'd back that, to be honest. Yeah. You fucking tongue cut out. Those are the sort so of going, uh, uh. <laughs> Those are the sorts dislocate of people. your fucking jaw. Those are the... Break your jaw off. <laughs> Those... Stick a red hot poker down your throat, you <laughs> fucking piece of shit. Stop going whoop whoop. Pathetic. Those are probably the sorts of people who accuse us of not knowing what fun is. People who go whoop whoop, and apparently that's fun. Yeah, it's just loads of fun, isn't it? It's yeah, fun. It's do, so much fun. Yeah, predetermined something that everyone's done, and you just have to do it at a certain point. That's my idea of fun, definitely. <laughs> and so you've had three covers, terrible, and then one thousand one nights, which is really bad, horrible beat. Mm. Again, you've got to do some horrible faux Eastern trumpet, like <laughs> Eastern mysticism, and then just him going. I've I've written bing bing bong rip dip 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 dong mate <laughs> fuck off shut up shut up you're fucking annoying like fucking annoying little cunt it's your album and it's shit and it's sh- ten times shitter when you're on it what the fuck does that say about this little prick mm, like quite. rubbish mm. and don't you want me was a nineties dance song mm. and I love that nineties dance mm. stuff but that was never one of the best ones no. and they remake it here. With him just making his usual noises with a far, 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 far more inferior vocalist doing the don't you want my, don't you want my, don't you want my uh, love. Yeah. And it's dire. Yeah. It's it's absolutely fucking dire. Mm. You've taken a song which is a absolutely passable six out of ten dance song from like a fucking golden era of Euro dance. You've taken one of its like least worth bothering with songs You've made it worse. Mm. Not only have you made it worse, you've got some fucking noise over the top of it that it doesn't fit, doesn't work. I mean, none of this even works. No, no. None of it even sounds... I know it's meant to be annoying, and it is fucking annoying, but you could at least go, let's try and create a melody or something. But they don't. At any point, he just goes, he just comes in and goes, beep, 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 over anything. Always the same thing. But I suppose that's what you should expect from people who have just sort of got rich quick from making ringtones. I mean, the ringtone business was basically let's get in and get out quickly and rinse as much money from this as we possibly can. And I I suppose, you know, you could say that that's very savvy business, or you could say this is a bunch of chumps who are at the right place at the right time. Because obviously you make it, I was thinking about this, Making a ringtone and then selling it for one ninety nine a pop. Making a ringtone, I'm guessing those type of ringtones in that those days with some sort of MIDI program probably takes half an hour. And if you're putting them in those magazines, and, and they became so massive 
ringtones. They became such a huge deal. And it was this like massive multi-million pound business, which made a lot of people a lot of money. But this is what happens when you put like marketing people in charge of something creative. There's nothing creative about this at all. They've actually taken songs, some of which are okay, some of which were pretty bad to start with, and even the ones that were pretty bad to start with, they've made them so much worse. And it isn't. Yeah. And you've rightly pointed out, I'm really glad you point this out, because I couldn't quite get to the... I was so distracted with Crazy Frog itself that I couldn't quite get to the nub of the fact that even without Crazy Frog, a lot of these versions would be worse than the originals and the originals ain't that that great either to be honest yeah this is not this is not the bgs and peter frampton working with the the back catalog of the Beatles. no no i mean there are a few like there's a few original numbers on it like dirty frog Mm. which is a load of blippy electro noise and occasional bing de bop dong chucked in randomly it's awful Mm. magic melody is neither magical nor melodious (laughs) it's actually quite boring yeah it's a load of pinky stuff loads of scratches mercifully again quite little crazy flog but my my lord when he does arrive it's just so grating just so mm. fucking grating mm. and it takes that song from cheap and shitty to downright despicable <laughs> you know I, I mean that's what he does that's what the lead guy does i mean this is like fucking vanilla ice all over again except we don't have the talented people to help it in the first place yeah. the one song right i'm not going to stick up for it but pump up the jam is such an unstoppable banger right pump up the jam is amazing and they appeared to be using the original beat and the original vocal take of pump up the jam and when it came on i was so drawn because on one hand it was like boom boom pump up the jet and i was like oh i was like oh my god pump up the jam i was like oh god my god thank god for that i really I, i fucking love pump up the jam oh my god but then in the back of my head i was like hold on any minute now any minute now he's coming Waiting like a fucking rapist around the corner. Like, I was like, I love this song. And I'm so scared this little cunt is going to come in and ruin it. And of course, of course, that's exactly what he does. Mm. Hey, you know this really great song? I love that song, don't you? Yeah, me too. I like it so much. I wish there was a deeply dislikable version of it. Said fucking no one ever. (laughs) I mean, it's hard not to like pump up the jam. Because it's such a fucking great, like, throbbing dance banger. Yeah, even even I quite like it. For 20 seconds, you go, oh, pump up the jam. And then you realise something terrible is about to happen. It gave you hope. I feel like a guy in Final Destination, you know, the one who's like, oh, my God, the plane's going to crash. That's what I felt like. She went, pump up the jam. I was like, oh, yeah, pump up the jam. Oh, no, no, don't do that. No. Get off the plane. Get off the plane. <laughs> get off the fucking plane. <laughs> In the 80s, I don't know what to say. This That might just be the worst one. Crazy Frog on lead vocals. Mm. And again, when they do their own stuff, it's like some awful Stock Aitken and Waterman shy. <laughs> Pathetic. Pinocchio. What's this got to do with Pinocchio? I have no fucking Just a load idea. of piano. I, I'm, I've, I've written, I'm starting to lose my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I'm starting to lose my mind. Like, get ready for this. It's scary. It's too fast. They make an already ridiculous... Like, get ready for this they they make it twice as fast Mm. which is too fast Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and when he's binging and bonging all the way through i got motion sickness i felt like i was on the titanic being thrown around i was like oh god i'm gonna be sick dallas 
The theme tune to Dallas Rimfrey. Why are you doing that? Yeah, I don't know. Who 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 likes Crazy Frog in 2005 was watching Dallas. <laughs> this is the fucking Poirot thing again. Yeah. Why are you doing Dallas? <laughs> Dallas hasn't been on telly for 18 years. I know. You're marketing this at children. <laughs> It'd be like doing like the Twin Peaks theme now. With Chris <laughs> <I know. Park. laughs> yeah. like Gordon the Gopher doing the score from The Godfather. <laughs> like, why? Yeah, it's very misjudged. Yeah, yeah. I felt like Nicolas Cage's character in Leaving Las Vegas at this point. Just like, let me die. I just want to drink myself into oblivion. Just let me die. Just wishing death on myself. It was becoming a fucking ordeal at this point. Do you know what's even weirder about that? On the Wikipedia entry, to make this even more of a cynical marketing ploy, this album was different in many different regions of the... So there's like a UK version. There's a uh, Australia version. There's a version which was available in all all regions. The Dallas theme one wasn't available on the US version. It was UK and Australia only, which is even more baffling. Absolutely baffling. Bizarre. I mean, the second to last song we get is I Like to Move It. And after that Dallas thing with him going all over it, I was wishing to die. When I heard, I like to move it, move it. Mm -hmm. I just, it felt like the most genius piece of songwriting ever. Because they just used it all. (laughs) I was like, my God, this sounds like Frank Sinatra doing my way. In comparison to anything. And that's fucking, I like to move it, yeah. for fuck's sake. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I, I actually got... And then I you guessed a... it. Here he is. I, I just couldn't cope. Uh, and, and, I, and I have to say, Crate gone, what are you going to say? Well, about? I got a similar reaction when the Pink Panther theme came in. Because I was like, this sounds yeah. like fucking genius. Yeah. Um, and, the, the you know, Crazy Frog's not on the Pink Panther theme for quite a long time. Well, it felt like a fairly long time at this point but i would would just take i would just take anything (laughs) everything feels like a long time everything feels like a fucking long time and i mean so he ends the album renfrey yeah it's something called crazy sounds and i looked at the track listing about halfway through and i looked to the bottom and to see how long i had left and just reading the name of the song before hearing it chilled my blood (laughs) sent shivers down my fucking spine and I looked at it and I was like, it's more than three minutes long. It's one of the longest songs on the record. Mm. Crazy sounds. And it is exactly what my brain predicted it would be, which is three minutes of acapella noises of this cunt with loads of reverbs. And it sounds like something Daria Argento would do <laughs> to fuck with me. Do you know what I mean? It is the sound of my nightmare. It was like the cold turkey scene in Train Spotting at this point. It was like a baby crawling on the ceiling. And I was honestly losing my mind. I was losing my fucking mind at this point. Of everything we have ever done on this podcast, that is the closest I've got to having a full-blown Jack Nicholson in The Shining mental breakdown. Oh, wow. Okay. By the time it ended... I mean, I I don't even know what I did afterwards. I don't remember what happened afterwards. <laughs> but it is dreadful. It's it's a fucking absolute dire excuse. It's for humour, I suppose. This is what people who don't have a sense of humour find funny. 
three minutes. Do you know what? When I see stand up, when I first started doing stand up, you get five minute slot. You'd have to get as many jokes into one five minute period. Yeah. You can get quite a few in if you're. Yeah. You can get a real good tight five minutes. Three minutes and eight seconds of just going. That's over half, way over half of a five minute long stand up set. And that's your joke, is it? Mm. Imagine if you went on to the gong show out of con- context free and you just went bling 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 and just did that you'd be rightfully beaten to death <laughs> dreadful horrible terrible dreadful I cannot tell you how much I hate this record I hated it the only thing scarier than this album is the thought of living in a world where you ruled and <laughs> killed people for going on television going ding 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 although i think it probably would be better though wouldn't it would be better yeah would be a better mm. world i mean it wasn't funny it was just cloying and despicable as well i mean when it ended i just feels it feels like a fucking terrorist attack on my ears this <laughs> it was traumatic this is a traumatic experience for me renfrey listening to this i listened to it in one go 48 minutes i sat there with my speakers you can see where my speakers are mm. they're right fucking next to me yeah yeah. I've got a good speaker system yeah, yeah, yeah. and I sit in the middle of it and I listen and I was like, and it was, it was a, one of the few times where I, I, uh, I thought fucking daughters was hard work. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it, it really does. It really, really, really does fuck with your will to live. Um, and like I say, I mean, I began this guy sort of talking about reality TV and stuff and putting, people at the forefront who don't have a single creative idea in their body and then letting it run away with itself and this is the result of it and this is what you know this this is this is what happens when too many people who say oh it's just a bit of harmless fun actually go out and buy something um it's just i mean this entire time i have just been thinking what an absolute sorry excuse for any kind of sentient being that we purport to be considering that so many people bought this record it's it's really it's just it's 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 one joke and it's an unfunny joke and then it takes a bunch of songs some of which are good some of which not so much and makes all of them worse the only thing that this album has as a plus point compared to the other ones is as far as I'm aware, none of the people involved have been involved in any sort of sex crimes or anything like that, which some of our list do. Yeah. But other than that, it's pretty much the worst thing we've done. I think so. I mean, well, we'll get onto it. Let's do the little aftermath yeah. afterwards. Because after the mad success of that record, obviously, we know the story by now. There's only one way for the crazy frog to go. And um, after a couple of months, uh, Popcorn came out as his next single. Peaked at number 12 in the UK singles chart. A drop of seven places. Did go to number one in Belgium. New Zealand. What the fuck is going on in New Zealand? <laughs> and France went to number one in those three countries. In 2005, he actually toured the record in Australia. I've seen pictures of that tour yeah it is a bloke in a plastic suit hanging around shopping malls yes in, in australia yep awesome yeah 
He released Jingle Bells as a Christmas single. Haven't heard that. I wonder how that goes. It <laughs> peaked at number five in the UK. Bit annoying that. Um, sorry, that's a drop. That's, a, that's an improvement of five places because obviously mm. Axel F went to number one. Mm. So that's a drop of 11 places. And that is an improvement of seven. My maths. Silly me. Uh, in 2006, more crazy hits came along. Um, he dropped as, as, in, as in another album called More Crazy another, Hits. We should yeah, clarify. More Crazy Hits. <laughs> Yeah, uh, more crazy hits. The album came along, and he dropped all the way down from number five to number sixty-four in the UK album chart in one year. Lovely stuff. Mm. Uh, the Crazy Frog Racer and the Crazy Frog Racer Two were both released on PS2 between the end of two thousand five and the middle of two thousand six. Both were panned by critics. Mm-hmm. Good. By this point, the merch game was in full swing with all manner of tacky shit. With the Crazy Frog being shoved in people's faces. Um, there were also talks uh, with a German TV company about a potential TV show, which never happened. Uh, in 2007, there was also talks of a feature film starring the frog uh, that was being made, that was in the works. And again, missed the boat there, didn't you, lads? Mm. Not happening. Quite Got to get that shit out pretty quickly. Um, the Crazy Frog was officially retired in 2009. But last year, Renfrey, you said, what is he up to now? Last year, on the 22nd of April, uh, a Twitter account of the Crazy Frog, literally a month after the pandemic started, not sure which one of those two things is worse, was launched with a tweet that said, guess who's back? Hashtag Crazy Frog. Hashtag new album. Hashtag Crazy Frog official. The reception to this news was not so great. And due to the fairly negative response to the Crazy Frog's tweet, mad in it people being negative about something on twitter although <laughs> in this instance good uh and so a few days later another tweet was put up this time the crazy frog with his head in a noose had the crazy frog committed suicide not a great joke admittedly for a children's thing pretty distasteful <laughs> and again predictably the internet did not care so much for that joke of the crazy frog killing himself mm. uh only days after he had been put up again he deleted the tweet and apologized then he deleted the apology. What the fuck is going on with that? Uh, he's not really been heard from since. Uh, was it a joke? Was this a meme and some post-ironic trolling from someone? Was there a genuine attempt to bring him back after a decade away? Um, an attempt that was so poorly received that plans were shelved? Who, ever, who, who could possibly know these days? Who could ever know? One thing's for sure, I do not need this cunt back in my life ever again i don't know if all of that uh, so definitely a lot of that uh rings true but i'm actually on the crazy frog twitter right now you tweet him and say he's a shit <laughs> piece of shit oh whoever has is behind this account they've done over three thousand tweets since april 2020 they have thirty six thousand right. followers oh. um and actually so we're recording this on the 27th of September. Uh, on the 17th of September, there's actually a picture of Crazy Frog in a chef's hat with a with a <laughs> ladle um, yeah. in his teeth and the caption, something's cooking. So I actually believe, I mean, there's so much about this. It's ridiculous. On August 28th, they tweeted out a picture of not even Crazy Frog, just the frog wearing sunglasses on a rocket which is taken from iStock images. And I can tell that because it has the, uh, what's it called? The, the, the imprint, the label. It has, it has the image. Yeah, basically, the watermark. the watermark. Thank you. It has the watermark all over it. So they can't even be bothered 
to pay for the fucking image to to use it. They've just taken something randomly from Google. And it just seems like they're trying to bring the whole thing back all over again. And annoyingly, since April 2020, 36,000 people have gone, oh, yeah, I'll follow that. That'll make me happy. Fucking humanity. Just an absolute... We are a virus. We are a fucking yeah. virus. 36,000 is a sig- is not enough to make... It will seem like fucking chump change. For them, oh, no, no, no. I I agree. But I just just the fact... I just, I'm just picturing 36,000 people. That's two O2 arenas. Two full O2 arenas. That many people have gone, oh, yeah, I'll follow that. And that is too many, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I think it is an absolute disgusting state of humanity and it just proves that we should all have been wiped out by COVID-19. <laughs> it's fucking awful. It's got dark, isn't it? It's got dark. Yeah. But it's uh, it's hard to disagree when the facts are presented to you in that way because this is just... I mean, to go back to Daniel Malmquist, um, is that his name? No, Daniel Malmedal. Mm. And uh, the, the Valquist or whatever the guy—I can't remember the other guy's name. Um, what they did wasn't cynical or horrible; it was just shit. Mm. And if it was just that, and we got hold of it, and we were doing, you know, broken, uh, broken viral uh, animated videos mm. podcast, mm. I'd still go. This is shit. Mm. They're just two shit people, aren't they? Two people who do, you know, Daniel thought that his little impression of a thing was really, really funny. Mm. And Vernquist thought it was so funny that he'd make a little video of it. And the two of them are a couple of fucking sad wankers, I think. Two stupid nerds. And you can go like, well, what have you ever done? Well, nothing. But my nothing has <laughs> has arguably caused less trauma to people than your something. But they're, so, they're not even you know, they're not even the real villains, but yeah, are they? But but and but they're not you're right, they're not even the real villains. They're just a couple of absolute simpletons with terrible with a terrible sense of humour. And for whatever reason, like minded like flies around shit have been attracted to this thing Mm. and it's cynically been turned into what i genuinely think has got a pretty good case of knocking broken side off the top of the charts (laughs) there is an argument to me renfrey when we come to place it this is definitely worse than double wide by uncle cracker definitely so it's got to go for me it's one or two. It's that fucking bad. You haven't seen hell. You haven't experienced the the most revolting side of humanity until you listen to this record. It is savagely bad. Cynical, cheap, pointless. The material it uses isn't even that good for the most part, save for a couple of songs, which aren't even like, like I love Pump Up The Jam. But I'm not clamouring to have Pump Up The Jam in the Rolling Stones top 500 songs of all time. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's good, but it's not like, oh my God, Pump Up The Jam. 
it's just a good fun song mm. and that's the best thing they've done so they're not even using good material they've made it worse uh, it's it's fucking dreadful mm. this record mm. dreadful and it represents the absolute i mean even broken side at least created their own i at least they had their own identity this is just a noise this is literally just ding 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 this is just someone saying bing 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 it's 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 barely fucking music it's just somebody ruining other songs that aren't even that good i've got nothing i've got literally got nothing good to say about this but i'm telling you now for me it's a conversation does it go above or below broken side i can't even begin to believe it can like because i do genuinely i mean i actually think true symphonic rocker show is probably worse than uncle cracker and i don't know how it didn't get to number two because that is fucking astonishingly bad that record and i think uncle cracker is terrible fucking terrible mm. but this crazy frog record is just fucking something else i mean my god the only thing that i'm struggling with is because we're talking about some truly reprehensible characters when we're talking about broken side and uncle cracker but i don't know that you can i think i i think like that comes out a little bit in the uncle cracker album comes out a little bit and he's obviously a fucking dickhead as well mm. a proper fucking dickhead but i don't think like it's it's there quite a bit on the Broken Side record. Mm. It's quite at the forefront of it. That's probably why it still remains there at number one, I would say. Well, and because it's fucking dreadful. But that kind of like, oh, you're just really gross, gross people. It's quite at the forefront of the Broken Side record. It's not as at the forefront of the Uncle Cracker record. Mm. And Uncle Cracker did some fucking dumb shit, horrible shit mean shit nasty shit afterwards yes but i think if we're basing this on what records are more broken unquestionably to me the crazy frog album is worse than the uncle cracker album um but i think in the past we've been looking at the context around it as well and i think we need to stick to that for what we're doing for the league table I think there's, there's an, I feel like there is a chasm between Broken Side and Uncle Cracker at one and two. Mm. I've been thinking that for the last few weeks. Like, my God, nothing's even getting close. So like, even when I think, like I listen to something first of all, and I'm like, well, actually, when I consider it, like, I remember hearing Hard to Swallow and going, fuck me, this is absolutely awful. Awful. But then you're like, oh, actually, it's not anywhere near as bad as Broken Side, really. This is the first time I've heard something that I'm like, this is probably as bad. And there is definitely that chasm between Uncle Cracker and Broken Side. Because I think Uncle Cracker is, I can't believe I'm going to say it's so much better than Broken Side, but it is definitely better. It is definitely better than Broken Side. It's probably better than the Trees of Funny Rockstar as well, really. But it's there now. Um, whereas I think Crazy Frog is the first time I've listened to something and gone, this is. Uh, definitely as bad as Broken Side. Definitely as bad musically. I think what makes me depressed about the whole thing is not even that it exists. It's it, it's that people actually they put anyone put any money into it at all. Really, anyone chose to pay for anything involved 
with Crazy Frog. I think that's what I find really depressing. And just for the amount that it makes me... I mean, I mean, if anyone ever, ever turns around to me and goes, oh, well, it's popular, so it must be good. You know when stupid people try to argue about, um, oh, something must be significant because it's popular or something must be good because it's popular. I mean, Crazy yeah. Frog is going to be my my number one example now i think and certainly for the for the amount the amount that it makes me absolutely despise humanity is certainly i've not felt that as much for a record until we've done this over one and a quarter million copies of the single in france france alone I mean, those are numbers that no one in that top five can come close. I think Uncle Cracker did a fair bit in, in America, but not really anywhere else. You know, Follow Me was a big hit over here, and probably in a few other countries, and that was in the 90s when there's a lot of money sloshing around mm. the music industry and people were buying everything, but still I'm not sure it sold quite as many. And in a rare moment of... Well, I'm not sticking up for Uncle Cracker, but in a, in, if I'm looking at it objectively... Uncle Cracker still continues to perform and put out records. So he, in his mind, at least, cares enough about music to continue to make it. Nobody, nobody, not Daniel Marmadale, not fucking Jesper Blomqvist or whatever his name was, not anyone at Jamba, nobody involved in this cares about music. Nobody does. Not a single solitary person involved in this this might be the first time where i've said that about an album that we've like literally nobody even shit like the shags didn't even want to be in a band but you can still tell that there's somebody there who cared at least cared about music and they still perform yeah. crazy frog yeah. soon as he wasn't soon as he wanted to get to number one see you then we've done we've got our money we've got our money we're gonna fuck off now you wouldn't say Jorgen doesn't care about music he went on x factor probably because he likes music yeah. i don't know how much he likes how much he really cares about it yeah Mr. Blobby, do the people involved with Mr. Blobby care about music? Well, not really, I wouldn't have thought, but they're at least sort of making a, something for kids. Tony Blackburn's involved, I think. Tony, Tony Blackburn, Blackburn cares about music. does, yeah. I'm looking down it and I'm like, all of these people, I think at least would claim to care about music. Yeah. Well, actually, even Noel Edmonds ended up, sorry, even, still yeah. on Blobby, but Noel Edmonds um, yeah, was Just a DJ, give it up for fucking Blobby. <laughs> for um, uh, <laughs> but... I genuinely don't think there is a single solitary individual who has ever been involved with the work of the Crazy Frog that thinks about music in any way whatsoever, in a kind of in in any other way other than we can make a load of money out of this. And the fact that they did is fucking depressing. And like in the video, they're like laughing at you for buying it. Mm. They're cunts, these people. They're a bunch of fucking cunts. Do you know what? I'm I'm hesitating quite a lot um, on this one. And I think the reason I'm hesitating, and this has come up a couple of times before on Broken Records, but not very often. But I think the key thing which I'm worried about is I'm worried that you're playing into what they want, Steve. And when I say they, I mean whatever marketing prick is behind this whole thing. Because they're trying to play off the fact that it's annoying. And I think in a weird way, it would give them satisfaction if it the higher up that it is now i certainly think that this is undoubtedly like by far top 10 stuff 
But I kind of almost feel like it should be buried in the top 10 a little bit because I don't want to give them the satisfaction. Well, yeah, you, you said this about Towns of London, like, oh, good, I hope everyone does like us. And yeah. you, you know, and I, I suppose what you're saying, the same thing here, like, they, they yeah. Um, I don't think they'd give a fuck. I don't think anyone involved in this project gives a fuck about anything other than money. I don't think they'd give a fuck where it went. I don't think they'd pay any attention to it. I think the second they stopped doing it, they clocked out of this like a bloke pushing trolleys around Asda. No one gives a flying fuck about what anyone thinks about this in any way whatsoever. They just knew that people are fucking idiots. Would do that, would do this, would do the other. Would not capable or bothered about making it in any way. Not, I was about to say artistically interested, not even artistically interested, just competent, just in any way competent. Because mm. I think you wouldn't go out of your way. Like even people who don't care could at least be kind of vaguely competent at their job. So this is a combination of a terrible joke, a bad idea, no passion whatsoever, no imagination whatsoever, really reprehensible, really horrible, kind of laughing at people, no one really cares. And even if you did care, the basic bare minimum thing that you have to do you're not even good enough to do that properly. Mm. Can't even do that. Can't even get the fucking vocal right mm. on Don't You Want My Love. Can't even do that. It's not hard, is it? It's not hard to just get that fucking right. That song came out 11 years before this record. Mm. You've got the fucking vote. Use the original vocal. You can't even do that. You're fucking inept. Just inept, lazy, shithead people. And loads of people lapped it up. And it's fucking depressing. And you can say, like, oh, they'd like it to be there. Da, 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 da. I, I don't care. They can like it. If, if, that's what you, if that's what you're happy with, if, that, if, if your life's goal is to annoy me, congratulations, you've done it. And again, oh, Icarus, why doth thou fly so close to the sun? <laughs> it's Daniel Malmedal doing a silly noise and recording it again. Oh, that's a really normal thing to want to do. Oh, you want me to hate you, hate the music that you make and hate the crew? Oh, that seems like a really normal, that seems like a really healthy, normal thing to to want to do. Good for you. Yeah, no, no, me. Yeah, me too. Every time I put any passion or effort into anything, I do it because I want people to hate it. Yeah, 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 me too. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. Fuck off. Yeah, okay. Let's put it. Just wankers. Let's put it at number two. So, well, do we put it at number two? Or do we put it at number one? I I can't I can't put this over broken side. Just just for the just for the simple, I I can't put it over broken side. I think there is an argument at least to be had that this is worse than broken side, and this is the only time I've ever said that. So I think right. because it happens so rarely, mm-hmm. I think we need to at least okay um, yeah let's hear it let's hear have it. it. So my argument for this would be broken side. Uh, we're not as popular. By any stretch of the imagination at all. No. Broken Side were organically created as a band. And Broken, Broken Side did something which, despite it being a fucking terrible, terrible idea and incredibly badly executed, it was their idea. That's all I got. And those are the reasons why Broken Side are superior to Crazy Frog. They are the only reasons mm. that I can think of 
Um, both of these albums made me feel fairly similar. Mm-hmm. I do think Broken Sides are clearly more morally reprehensible. They, they are they are more upfront with how fucking just what wankers they are. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Crazy Frog's just annoying. Broken Side are they, they seem like really horrible reprehensible people. people. And they're doing that thing with that, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, we're going to really annoy you. We're really annoying. Like, fuck off. I don't recall a single moment on the Broken Side record, which I thought had any any merit whatsoever, if I'm totally honest. And there are, I mean, <laughs> there's no creative merit on Crazy Frog, but because some of the tunes that they take from, I don't know, when the Pink Panther theme comes in, Pink Panther theme is fucking great. And there's 20 seconds there yeah. where it's like, oh, at least there's something there, you know, uh, or I don't know. I always get the fear, though. I always get the fear when I like something on this record. It gives me the fucking heebie-jeebies. I know. I know. Yeah, I know. And you could argue that's even worse. You, know. you get a fucking panic attack when Pump Up The Jam comes in. You get, <laughs> I got a fucking pad, a panic attack. I just, I feel really uneasy putting it above Broken Side. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't actually think that we should put it above Broken Side. Okay. Because Broken Side, and I can't even bring myself to think about what it sounds like. And they're just so, they're just such, it's just such like, yeah, like it's just gr- gr- it's grotty mm. and it's really grotty. Mm. And Uncle Cracker's grotty, mm. but I don't think it's grotty in the same way as, I mean, there's a lot of them. Uncle Cracker, Methods of Mayhem, Blood on the Dance Floor even Corey Feldman a little bit, mm. you know, like Louis the 14th, which is so far. I mean, Louis the 14th is the number 18 now. I know. So it's to show how ripe nonces are in the music industry, isn't it? <laughs> uh, that Louis the 14th, are uh, the least, well, the 18th least noncey people. Yeah. Um, but I do think the crazy frog is, 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 is so musically astonishing that it needs to be placed as such. And the entire thing is just such a fucking spit into the face at the absolute, at the actual idea of anything vaguely creative in any way whatsoever that I, I don't know. I just, it, and it's probably the most horrible time I've had listening to one of the records. By the end, I was like in fucking cold sweats and fucking, rolling around on the floor like a fucking alien was going to burst out my chest or something. <laughs> I, I was having a bad, 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 bad time. I think we're settled on number two, aren't we? I mean... Yeah, let's put it in number two. Yeah. Oh, God. I've got a headache. Oh. Just, oh, right, just, just thinking about the existence of this is... Uh, I don't know. I'm pulling another album out of the hat. Mm-hmm. And there's a few all right ones in there. I'll tell you what. Put mine all right one in there. <laughs> Oh no, go on. <laughs> Trays by Green Day. <laughs> okay. I, I tell you what, that feels like a fucking win. That's a, after that's what a we've breath had. of fresh air. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll fucking take that. So that, I believe, is the third of the three Green Day albums released in a year, was it? Oh God, no, it was less than that. It was about five months in the end. It was going to be six months, but it ended up being five months because uh, Billy J went That's bonkers. so good. Yeah, great. Well, Green Day. Um, we've only ever reviewed Green Day once on the show before. Yeah, and that was we were very positive. positive about them, weren't we? 
So I look forward to it. I've never heard that record before. But Green Day, Trez, will be on the show next week. Thanks very much for listening. I bet you're all tuning in going, oh, this will be fun, just like the Mr. Blobby one last week. <laughs> no, no. It is fucking hell. Yeah, it's it fucking, is fucking hell on earth. I have seen the face of hell and <laughs> it is the crazy frog. <laughs> fucking dreadful bag of shit that is. That's worse than that. I mean, even when I said that, I was like, I don't feel like I've adequately summed up how much I fucking hate this record. I don't no. know if there are words for it. I fucking hate this record. I fucking hate it. Anyway, we're talking about Green Day next week, so that'd be nice. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Go to patreon.com forward slash podcast if you'd like to help us out financially. And we have a whole load of content of us wanging on about albums that we do like over there. We can be positive sometimes. We just uh, choose to let the likes of Chels and Shaz um, over on amazon.co.uk be positive about Crazy Frog. Good for them. It is what it is. Fucking twats.